From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 26th of September 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the Italian general election. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing the Labour Party conference. But first, the victory of Giorgia Maloney. Italy's right-wing bloc has claimed victory in a general election that is set to install Giorgia Maloney as the country's first female prime minister and its furthest right government since Benito Mussolini. Provisional results put the right-wing coalition at around 44%. The bloc includes Maloney's far-right Brothers of Italy at around 26%, Matteo Salvini's Populist League Party at around 9%, and ex-Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's Forza Italia at around 8%. Turnout fell to a record low of just under 64%, a nine-point drop since 2018. The results mean the right-wing coalition looks set to have control of both Houses of Parliament, the Chamber of Deputies and the Senate, and, as such, may be able to govern with a degree of stability. Italians were not meant to go to the polls until 2023, but the dramatic collapse of Mario Draghi's government brought on a snap election. Draghi, the former head of the European Central Bank, was not elected, but appointed to the post of Prime Minister by the Italian President and spent 18 months in the role, taking Italy through the latter part of the pandemic and its recovery, providing relative stability and securing significant recovery funds from the European Union. The next government will be Italy's 68th since 1946 and is unlikely to be in place until the end of next month as the parties will meet with Italian President Sergio Mattarella and also conduct a considerable amount of horse trading for cabinet positions. As the results came in and her party's lead became clear, Giorgia Maloney told a crowd of supporters that it amounted to a night of pride, a night of redemption, a night of tears, hugs, dreams and memories. Maloney has sought to recast her party as the main conservative movement in the country. Her strong conservatism is reflected in her hardline views on immigration, abortion, LGBTQ rights and the European Union. Her victory has been welcomed by the likes of Hungary's Viktor Orban, France's Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour, and Germany's far-right AFD. Meanwhile, French Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne said she did not want to comment on Italy's democratic choice, but added that, in Europe, we have certain values and obviously we will be vigilant, referring particularly to abortion access and human rights. Enrico Letta, the leader of the centre-left Democratic Party, said it's a sad day for Italy and added that we will not allow Italy to detach itself from European values and first and foremost from its own constitutional values. He also confirmed that he would not run for the party leadership again when it next comes up. Like many other countries, Italy faces a number of problems. One of the founders of the Brothers of Italy, Guido Crescetto, said his party's priority will be to address the cost of energy and inflation, which are destroying the social and economic fabric of Europe. The results represent an astonishing rise for the Brothers of Italy, who at the last election in 2018 won just 4% of the vote, but will now enter government. 
Maloney's party was the largest party not to join the national unity government of Mario Draghi, meaning those years as the main opposition allowed the party to remain uniquely untarnished by any criticisms of the outgoing government. For some more background on Giorgio Maloney and Brothers of Italy, you can watch our recent TLDR EU video from before the election and keep an eye out for our upcoming video on the results. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. On Friday, the new British Prime Minister, Liz Truss, watched as her Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, outlined the details of his mini-budget. Neither Truss nor Kwarteng were hoping for the outcome that this mini-budget had, specifically on the pound. This is because the pound has basically tanked following the announcement. Overnight, the pound plunged to its lowest level against the dollar at just over $1.03 since the currency was decimalised in 1971. It seems as though the market is responding negatively to the tax cuts and high borrowing strategy the government appears to be gunning for. The Chancellor likely didn't help with steadying the market with his claim that there would be a further tax cuts later in the year. In total, the Chancellor announced more than £70 billion of extra borrowing, which is the highest amount of borrowing announced since the 1972 budget. The Conservatives are hoping that this will boost growth. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. In the latest escalation in the war in Ukraine, the Kremlin has made clear that they are introducing a partial mobilisation in an attempt to bolster their fighting forces in Ukraine. In total, Russia will mobilise an extra 300,000 reservists, although Putin has excused a number of reserved occupations. These include IT workers, bankers and journalists working for state media. However, actually getting these reservists may be difficult for the Kremlin, as it's been reported that a number of young men have attempted to flee the country in order to escape the draft. This is something that the Ukrainian Defence Ministry has mocked on their social media. They tweeted that Russia still has remnants of a professional army that the Ukrainian army hasn't yet destroyed. We also know that soon these soldiers will be at the front and with such a love for alcohol, it will be easy for them to die on our land. It's been announced that later today, NASA will smash a probe into an asteroid in an attempt to see how difficult it would be to stop an asteroid smashing into Earth. They've made clear that the asteroid they're targeting is not heading for Earth, nor will their test push it onto a collision course with Earth. The collision is expected to happen at around 23.14 GMT on Monday, or 14 minutes past midnight BST on Tuesday. Many telescopes will be watching the event, including the new James Webb Super Space Observatory. The Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, will crash head-on with the asteroid, known as Diamorphus, at over 20,000 kilometres an hour. To test how successful this is, scientists will see how much Diamorphus's orbit around a larger asteroid, known as Didymos, has changed. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the Labour Party conference, then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. 
So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.